If you have your Bible this morning, and I hope that you do, you'll, you'll need it, not because you're just at church, uh, but you're going to need it because not all of the words are on the screen this morning because we've got a lot to read. Uh, so we're going to be in Luke chapter 14, and uh, we're going to see and uh, unwrap an account of Jesus. Uh, obviously, we're in Luke, uh, but uh, some events that uh, he was a part of that really, I hope, helped communicate um, the whole idea that I want to, uh, to share with you uh, this morning, beginning with, like it says on the screen, Happy Thanksgiving. And I, I know, and we, we talked about it a little bit in the intro, it's November 14th. Is that date right? She's ignoring me over here. That date is right. Um, not the 27th or 6th or 5th or whatever the date of Thanksgiving actually is. And what I want us to, to really be thinking about is not just Thanksgiving from the standpoint of that, that big meal uh, that we're going to have in a couple of weeks and not just a holiday, because it, 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 I mean, it never is too early for turkey and dressing. I could eat that any time of the year. But we, when we start talking about Thanksgiving, sometimes that's where our focus just goes is kind of the whole idea of the big dinner and the big meal that we're going to have. And honestly, we do that because it, it's so very good. And, you know, part of Thanksgiving as well, for me, uh, there's four words that come to my brain when I think about Thanksgiving. And those four words are come to the table. Anybody ever been called to the table? You know, and some of you may have graduated now from the kids' table and you get to sit at the adult table. I don't know how it goes for you and your family. I will tell you that I prefer to sit at the kids' table. It's a lot more fun. Uh, the conversation is a lot better. And if your family's like my family at the kids' table, you get served first. You don't have to wait for all the adults to go eat. The kids get served first. So to me, that's the best seat in the house. But tables, let's, let's talk about tables for just a second as, as we talk about Thanksgiving, and, and I hopefully we'll bring all this to where it's going to kind of make some sense for you, but tables, the whole idea of come to the table, I hope for you and in your family that the table is a really special place. The truth is, for some of us, the table has really lost some of the not mystique, some of the, uh, the significance that it's had in the past. I, I, I admit that for our family. We don't always sit at a table for a meal because a lot of times, like you, we're on the run and we're going here or we're going there or we'll grab something or, shame on me, football game is on and I would rather sit on the couch and hold my plate in my hand and eat then sit at the table with my family and eat. And, and I, I admit that, and I get in trouble for that often. But tables should be, for us, a very significant and meaningful place. A lot of things take place at the table. It's a place, it's a place of peace. 
It's where for us as a family you should should come together for for peace, for relationship, for protection. Uh, of course, for nourishment, we're sitting down to eat a meal, but also uh, nourishment of our souls as we're developing the relationships with each other and fostering those relationships that we have. And hopefully for all of us, we're, we're invited and accepted at our family table. I, I hope that's true for us, that, that it's a place that we know that we can go we have something in common with the people that we're gathering with. And again, a place for us that we want to be and a place for us where we find peace and rest and we give thanks. That's kind of where some of this idea of Thanksgiving ties in, not just a holiday, but at the table. And let, let's take a look at just a couple of things too because there, there are theological implications to this whole idea of a table. And I know that's a big church word, theology. Uh, but there's significance to it. If we, if we break down just that word, theos, God, logos, word, reason, and those things come together, all theology is, listen to this, and I think I have this one for the screen, Christina. Theology is the study of God by digging into his truth to attempt to understand God as he has revealed himself there. So the table, the table with Christ, that place where we find peace and rest with him is that place where we can be comfortable in a relationship. And it's not, I'm not talking about always with him just a, a physical table but that place where we can go and we can spend time with him and grow in that that peace in that nurturing and in a relationship with him so you know don't let, let that big word theology scare you there's there's significance to the idea of where we spend time with christ and throughout the bible there's so many illustrations of what i call table visits go back to exodus 12 one of the most significant table visits where god is leading israel out of slavery and he welcomes them to the passover table a table of peace john 12 we see jesus at bethany around the table with mary martha and lazarus as they're celebrating the resurrection of lazarus and they're coming together in a place of peace one of the most significant places of peace when it comes to a table and those relationship with, relationships with Christ. Matthew chapter 26, in the upper room, what we call the Last Supper, where Christ had those men gathered with Him, preparing them for what's ahead, revealing to them things that were to come, but a place of peace. One of my favorites, John chapter 21, the prodigal son, if you think about that story, the son that leaves, the son that goes to do his own thing, and he comes back home. The father goes out to meet him, and he brings him in. And where does he bring him? To the table, to the banquet, to the celebration of the return of his son, that place of peace, that place of relationship, that place 
place of love. And I think I said John 21, that's Luke 15. John 21 is at the sea where Jesus has breakfast with his disciples after his resurrection. Apologies if I got that mixed up. I got it mixed up and it's right here in front of me in my notes. But the table is a place for us as a family where we can come for peace and nurturing and restoration. The table with Christ, a place that we can come for peace and community and relationship and nurturing. And it's a place where naturally we're giving thanks. We're giving thanks to God for His provision, for His protection. And, and so many times we associate, at, at a table, we just kind of associate that time of prayer and thanksgiving, or that time of thanksgiving with just simply a prayer. But it is so much for that because, yes, in that prayer, we're honoring God's sovereignty for what He has done and His sovereignty, what is being blessed. But also, it's a place where we're giving thanks to God. Again, those, those words for His peace, and His rest, and His comfort, and where we're honoring Him as our King. And if it's not, if it's not as of, at a physical table, what I would ask you this morning is, where is that place for you, that place of peace and rest? with your king so that you can be restored where you can talk and interact with him and share life with him he knows everything that's going on but he wants to hear from our hearts that that place of interaction where we can pause and sit still and bless his name for who he is in our lives the table place of significance, place of rest, and a place of peace. So let's go to Luke chapter 14 and look at a, a particular story from the account of Jesus' life where he's at a table. And there's lots of things that are going to take place in, in the passage that we're going to look at, but a lot of significance for us as believers, as followers of Christ, that I don't want us to miss. Because again, the table, it's not just a place that we're just going to come and sit down. There's some things that are required of us that I want us to take a look at this morning. So starting in verse, uh, in verse 7, this is right after uh, Jesus has healed on the Sabbath and has even, um, bless their hearts, has even gotten in trouble a little bit with the Pharisees, the rule makers for doing what they say he's not, he's not supposed to do. But let's pick up the story in verse 7, and we'll read uh, to start out verses 7 through 11. And again, not all of the verses will be on the screen for you, so be sure and follow along in the Word. Uh, verse 7, When Jesus noticed all that had come to dinner, one of the Pharisees had invited him to come to dinner and to sit at his table. And when Jesus noticed all that had come to the, who had come to the dinner were trying to sit in the seats of honor near the head of the table, he gave them this advice. When you're invited to a wedding feast, don't sit in the seat of honor. What if someone who is more distinguished than you has also been invited? The host will come and say, 
give this person your seat. Then you will be embarrassed, and you'll have to take whatever seat is left at the foot of the table. Verse 10, instead, take the lowest seat, the lowest place at the foot of the table. Then when your host sees you, he will come and say, friend, we have a better place for you. Then you will be honored in front of all the other guests. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And a whole, a whole lot just in, in those couple of verses. A question for you. And, uh, let's see if you buy this, this statement. We're all the same at the table. Anybody? We're all the same at the table. It's something, it's something to consider, um, and it's something really to think hard about because the world would tell us that we're all that. And the world would tell us that we should be in the seat of honor at the head of the table, but the truth is that's really not, and that's what, what Jesus is telling us. Um, it's not about where we think we fit in or where we think we don't fit in. It's where He would have us to be as He bestows honor on us. We have a place at the table and we're trying, we're trying to carry all this junk from the world with us and, and establish our own presence and our own authority and even our own rank when those things are, are just, they get in, get in the way of who we are in Him. And we have honor in Him. He is our high priest. And He will give us the honor that we have through Him, but it's not ours to just consume, to just take, and to just take for granted. Our place, and, and this, there's nothing wrong in this, but our place as followers of Christ is as servants and is as humble people, not as the ones out in front taking everything that we think we deserve and we think is ours, but in the place of honor that we have through Him that He designates at the table for us because he's made a place at the table for us and and a, and a thought for us are are you and and you know think about this from the standpoint of your your own family but think about this from the standpoint of your relationship with and in christ are you intimidated to come to the table do you ever have thoughts and wrestle with the whole idea of who may be watching and who may know something and who may be looking to see what you're going to do and knowing maybe how you've tried to take a place that isn't yours and you're missing what he's doing right in front of you but also there's there's a side to that that as we come to the table with Christ. And as we take our seat that He has designated for us for that place of rest and peace, there may be somebody watching 
who is intimidated to come, and we may be the catalyst that they need to come and take their place at the table. It, it, it's, it's kind of a, a two-edged sword for us. We're worthy, and we have a seat. There's things that we need to leave at the side and not bring to the table with us as Christ establishes our place. But we also can't miss our opportunity to come to that place because somebody that's watching may be waiting for us to go sit down. And for them, that's their signal, that's their clue, that's their invitation to come and to join the table where everyone is welcome. I won't tell you that everyone is the same um, because that seat at the table comes with some significance, some cost, and some sacrifice on our part. But everyone is invited to come to the table, the table where he has paid our cost. He's paid for us to be there. But we've got to be willing to give up some things to come ourselves and to bring others with us. Let's go back to the Word um, pick back up in verse 12. I'm looking at verses 12 to 14. Then he turned to the host. This is Jesus still talking. He turned to the host. When you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors, for they'll invite you back, and that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will, God will reward you for invi inviting those that couldn't repay you. Most of us here, we've, we've accepted the invitation to come to the table. But we have some responsibilities that come with our seat. It's not just... It's not just our opportunity to say, hey, I've been invited. I've got my seat. My ticket's been bought. I'm just going to go in and, and sit down and be here. We have a responsibility to bring other people with us. And, and Jesus makes it clear. Again, the invitation is for everybody. He's not saying don't invite but he's giving this host a clue on who he's missing. I mean, if, if you read on, and we're, we're not going to read all of the verses because he's telling them who to go and who to invite. And it, in, the, in the text that's right ahead, if you were to happen to look at verse 18, these, these are some of the people that he has invited, missing those that Jesus is telling, telling him that he should have invited. Uh, people make so many excuses. And for us, this is what happens when we're sharing our faith and we're extending those invitations to the table. Verse 18, uh, the person that's been invited had just bought a field and they needed to go inspect it. You know, the, the question that, that you've got to ask there is like, you know, are, are you serious? You haven't gone and looked, checked this out beforehand. You've got to go do that now it's kind of that whole idea of really verse 19 uh, another says i just bought a i just bought five pair of oxen 
so I've got to go try them out. Again, that, that response, really? You, you, you didn't go check them out, you didn't try them out before you bought them because that's your, that's your livelihood. You, surely you didn't just invest unwisely. And then verse 20, another says, well, now I have a wife. You know, and in, in the context, one thing that really makes that even funnier, uh, that invitation to the banquet, that invitation to the table, that invitation to the seat at the table with Jesus Christ, you know, in, in that context, the people around when he said this, they really got this one because a Jewish wedding, there wasn't any surprise to that. It wasn't like they just decided one day to get married and they had to take care of some stuff. These things took months to prepare for and months to plan for, and they knew that it was coming and they knew all the things that were ahead, and it's turning down an invitation um, that makes that makes no sense and all the people around would have understood what what the point was that he was trying to make and I know some of this may sound kind of silly to think through and to talk through but how many excuses have people made to the invitation that you've extended them and how many excuses have we made to the invitation to come or to come back, or to sit down in that place of peace. We can't make people come, but there's space there for them, and our responsibility in this, again, is not just to come and to sit down and be still, but it's to bring others with us. And one more time, back to the text. Let's pick up in verse uh, 21, again, after... After all of these excuses, um, some more instruction from Jesus. Because the servant had been sent out. The master's servant had been sent out for the invitations. And he's coming back. The servant returned and he told his master what they had said. What all of these people had said. All the excuses they had made for why they wouldn't come to the dinner. And his master was furious and he said, Go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. These were the instructions Jesus had already given. And after the servant had done this, he reported, and here's, here's the significance, there's still, more, there's still room for more. So as Master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house be full. So, where where are we going to extend the invitation to people to join us to the table? Are we going to those places, the as he calls it, the streets and the alleys, uh, for us in our city, the place where people around us are being overlooked? the country lanes behind the hedges outside of where we're comfortable, outside of the places that we would normally go, outside to where people that we wouldn't normally associate with are there. And, and I'm not talking about anything from 
from socioeconomic status or anything else, but just kind of that idea of outside, people outside that need the invitation because God has extended the invitation to the whole world. And are we going to get them? And are we going to share? And are we, even though, even though we get excuses and even though we get turned down, are we just accepting those and walking away? Or are we diligent about extending that invitation to people to come to the table, come just like you are? like we came at one point in time. There was a time when we accepted the invitation to the table, and we were a mess, and we're still a mess. I don't know about you guys, but I don't have all this stuff together yet. I'm still working on it, and I'm about to be 50-something years old, and I'm still trying to get things in order, and I'm never going to get in my eyes everything in order and I'm never going to get to that point of perfection and that's not what he's asking us to do he's extended an invitation many of us have accepted it we've come to our seat at the table but there's more to that idea than we give it and I know all of this talk about tables and thanksgiving and and everything else, I hope it's not confusing. I hope that I've done a decent enough job to kind of tie this idea together that the table is a place of peace and a place of rest and a place of restoration. And it's not just the family dinner table, but it's the table that we have in our relationship with Christ. And it's not a place for us just to come and be comfortable and get fat and sassy. We have a responsibility to go and to get and to tell and to bring as best we can, even when excuses are thrown in our face, but to get people to understand why we want them to come. And not because we've got all the perfect answers and not because we're the perfect example of anything, but because something in us is different. And there's something about us that they can see and that they can know and that they want to understand more so that they can come and see all this that we're talking about and all this that we say that we are. So Charlie, come on up. And as we, we worship together this morning uh, to close out our time together, and, and begin this, this season of thanksgiving. What I hope that you understand maybe a little bit better. It's not just a time to sit around the table and just eat a bunch of food. But there is a place of peace for us. And a place of thanksgiving that we have in Jesus Christ that we can come, but that we will invite others to come and to know the peace that comes in a relationship with Jesus Christ.